is a showdown of the two best pinball players in this town. Greg, over here. Got it. Okay, boys, you know the rules of the game. Play hard and fair. Wish you both the best of luck and may the best man win. Only the best man will win. A date with your chick? Go for it. I can't wait. We'll just see. You're up. Thanks. You're welcome. The following film podcast frequently contains adult content, including foul language and descriptions of adult situations. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. Listener discretion is advised. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. (laughs) They must be destroyed on sight! Okay, welcome back to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. We're at episode 174 now, and I'm your host, Lee. Just one chew, and it comes in your mouth, Russell. And I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel. I ain't showing you my wonders. Harper, how you doing, sir? I have not, in any sense, shown you my wonders on this podcast. I'm really holding back the good stuff until we get that uh, sweet Squarespace money. <laughs> until I turn into like a buxom redhead who demands it. Uh, yeah, or that, sure, that would work. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm putting my fantasy in in, in place of yours. <laughs> I don't know. A buxom redhead in Nova Scotia is not uh, as good as a Squarespace uh, sponsorship, which would give me money here. Uh, and... Yeah. So we're continuing our sex comedy series here, and we're going to be looking at Pinball Summer, also known as Pickup Summer. Uh, from 1980, but before we get into that, got a few things to mention here. First off, I'll mention uh, I was on the latest episode of Cinema Beef with Gary Hill, who's been on this podcast, and we did Firewalker from 1986 and River of Death from 1989, both canon films, and Mm. one good, one pretty terrible. (laughs) Wonderful. I've been looking at the, 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 the discourse. Uh, on our Facebook page around um, your appearance on that, and um, it both made me want to uh, listen to that podcast and uh, watch the films. So, um, fuck you both, ultimately. <laughs> uh, Firewalker is actually worth watching, though. It's actually kind of fun. But uh, okay, but River of Death. No, you, you, everything we talk about on River of Death is all you need to know about that film. Like, okay, um, okay. My dead-on impression of uh, Michael Dudikoff doing the voiceovers in that film are pretty much spot on to what you get so yeah well there's no impression that you will ever do that will match the uh vinnie jones you did when we talked about the uh, euro trip when we talked about euro trip i don't know what the fuck you're talking about 
you haven't watched enough Finney Jones lately to really kind of like dig into uh, the hilarity of that. It was a moment. It's fine. <laughs> if my bad impressions give people joy, then that's all I care about. Uh, I don't even do bad impressions because my bad impressions don't even make any sense. So you know, it's like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? You know, it's yeah, it's fine. We're good. Uh, so we have some comments here. Jeff Williams. This is in uh, response to our uh, last episode where we talked about what was the name of that fucking film again? California. California Dreaming. Dreamin'. I keep yep. wanting to call. I keep wanting to call it like uh, American Dreaming or something. I like want to call it like I want to call it Breaking the Waves, which is a completely <laughs> different film. But you know. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I keep I keep fucking up the title on that, even when I'm trying to remember it for some weird reason. I don't know why. But he says, uh, wow, I really didn't expect Daniel to bring a socioeconomic political perspective to my dopey beach movie recommendation. Well done, sir. Do you not know what I do here? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I ruin the fun of everything. That's that's just the goal. You know, and he, uh, he also linked, I think it was either a gif or a meme of Samuel L. Jackson in uh, Pulp Fiction. The scene where he gets the coffee from Quentin Tarantino. Oh, this is some of that gourmet shit. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, yeah, Daniel often brings the gourmet shit, as in, you know, the coffee cherries that are eaten by civets in, like, South America and then shit out, and then that's harvested for the coffee. This podcast turns my opinions into shit. That's kind of what I'm learning from uh, <laughs> this 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 uh, conversation you had with Jeff Williams. Anyway, uh, yes, I agree. It's great. It's sound, it's sound a, now, that, now that I say it, it sounds like I'm, I'm being a lot more mean than I intended. I apologize. No, I took it. I took it. I took it completely as uh, a completely unwarranted, uh, you know, uh, a compliment. But uh, please, let's move on, or else I'm going to get a uh, a big head, and that's not something we need before we discuss a uh, piece of cinematic brilliance as greatest pickup <laughs> summer. So anyway, he also goes, "Uh oh, I'm fresh out of movie suggestions," which is a lie, by the way. By the time we get into this comment, but. Being that I'm your biggest Patreon donor, I love, I love. By the time we get to the end of this comment, he has completely changed his opinion. Yeah, like well, he, you know, he like, hasn't changed his opinion. He just lied. He didn't realize it because he ends up recommending a movie without even intending. Sure, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, I'm fresh out of movie suggestions, but being that I'm your biggest Patreon donor and lone listener, <laughs> I feel an obligation to contribute something. So here is a song recommendation for Blood on the Tracks episode. Another podcast I do on this feed, if you follow this feed. And the song is Genie from a movie called The Bermuda Depths from 1978. And it says, uh, a love ballad may seem a little congruous, incongruous, congruous in a film that features Apollo Creed hunting Gamera's cousin with a rocket-propelled harpoon, but there's nonetheless a haunting and poetic ode to a cursed mermaid. And I was actually looking into the film, and it actually looks kind of interesting because... It is kind of like a fantasy film where I think Toho Studios was involved as a co-producer. So there's like a giant fucking turtle. And there's like the Toho fucking effects in this like drama fantasy about this dude who's obsessed with a mermaid he met as a child or some shit. It looks really interesting, actually. So, so it's like Splash, but good. <laughs> splash of Tom Hanks, yeah. <laughs> Keep Daryl Hannah. Remove Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make it NC-17. That's, uh, you know, that's how you make Splash. Anyway, sorry, I'm completely... I have no comment. Yes, I would love to see the film. Uh, Jeff Williams is uh, our favorite commenter. 
mm-hmm. everyone else should aspire to be as good as Jeff Williams. I like to inspire and fighting among our commenters is the thing that I'm doing right now. Yeah. But um yeah, no. We're eventually probably gonna cover that. Uh, I think that's actually going to be on Jeff Williams' recommendation month that we do or whatever. Okay, cool. I, 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 it's just such a weird fucking looking movie that I'm like, yeah, that that I think that even fits this podcast better than whatever awesome film noir he's recommended in the past. <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> is it weird and basically unknown? Have four people seen the film? That's a film that like we just cover by by standard. It's just what we do. Yeah. It's like yeah, like dig that up. Maybe it's awesome and we can recommend it. And then like yeah, twenty people can write letters to some uh, DVD production company uh, as a way of uh, <laughs> trying to get it released. And it will never happen because we have no pull in the industry. Despite the fact that I think uh, you know I, I re-listen to this podcast sometimes. Uh, it's a good show. I think more people should pay attention to it. But, like, <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. We're just gonna keep going on. Uh, more comments, Lee. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, that's it for comments. So uh, we can move on to what we watched in the last while. Do you have anything you watched? Really, only been tracking like uh, actual like terrorist incidents uh, among oh. like Nazis lately. Um, I have no time to actually watch movies. It's fine. So uh, yeah, what have you been watching, Lee? I watched on Netflix last night a movie called Logan Lucky. Logan, like, is that like Logan's run, but like he goes to Vegas? That feels no. like a no. Okay. Uh, or is it Lucky Logan? I can't remember which. God damn, that's terrible. I should have written this shit down. But yeah. it's it's. it's... <laughs> you watched the film. I didn't. Uh, though I feel like it's a Netflix original. I feel like I've seen that kind of pop up in my uh, feed. What is it about? It's a comedy heist film, and it's a very good one. Um, it's set in the deep south, or well, the. Is Virginia the fucking deep, deep south? Virginia is not the deep south. Okay, no. well, it's somewhere around there anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's all the same to me. It's, your opinion, it's fine. It's fine. I get it. I get it. They all no, have southern uh, accents. I grew, up, I grew up in the deep south. I grew up in, like, the deepest part of the deep south. But, okay, uh, yeah, you know. yeah, no, you're, you're in, like, uh, Nebraska or someplace. I get it. It's yeah, cool. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Exactly, you're right. But uh, it's it's got Daniel it, it's it's got Daniel Craig in it. He's the fucking safe cracker guy that can blow into the safe they got to get into. Uh, they they basically it's it involves NASCAR. NASCAR is featured prominently in in this where they're basically stealing from a racetrack. And so oh, I have seen the ads for this. Yes, I have yeah. definitely seen the ads for this. It's got Adam Driver in it playing a guy with well if you say he has one arm he'll correct you and say no i have most of my arm i just i lost my hand and some of my forearm uh it goes into this whole spiel it's those those sort of heightened southern characters that are funny it's kind of almost on a fargo kind of level of humor Mm. in a way but they're they're a bit more heightened so they're kind of goofy caricatures of southerners hold on on. more heightened than fargo yeah in in a way they are sure because you know they're likable and Generally, when you think, oh, I'm going to see a movie about a bunch of people in the South, I'm probably not going to like half of them, but everybody in this film is kind of likable, and uh, it's funny, and it's a good little heist film. I just think a little bit of like an Elmer Leonard novel. It is. It very much is in that sort of thing, yeah. It's even got Hilary Swank in it, who shows up in like the last half of the film. Does she do a Southern accent? She does. I'm going to have to check it out just to see if she can do a Southern accent. (laughs) But yeah, it, I'll it was, report back. 
yeah, it, it's definitely worth checking out. And I just like Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's kind of an ugly guy, honestly. Like he, he's not a traditionally handsome dude, and he he works as like this this sort of fucking no fat on him fucking redneck muscle machine guy who's just fucking crazy and and you wouldn't want to fuck with him and he's just really super entertaining in this like he totally disappears I, the role i i really want to see daniel craig play a beach bum like i really want to mm. see him do like like last week we talked about the the guy who's like the the like the big surfer guy who's like the i really want to see him like grow his hair out and like wear like the uh the open hawaiian shirt and the you know <laughs> sort of the white t-shirt and like shorts and like like shitty sandals and just walking around on a beach and be like the stoner uh like vaguely homeless uh, beach bum guy that's kind of what i want to see daniel craig do actually I think that should be like a standard test for actors. It shouldn't be Shakespeare. It should be that. Like play that character and you can do anything. That's my um that's that's uh, yeah. When when I open an acting school, I have no experience in acting or talking about acting or uh theorizing about acting. But I'm going to open an acting school and that's going to be the final exam. Yeah, that's where we're going to go with that. Jeff Bridges and Sheen Penn will be the uh, teachers. <laughs> And uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. No. Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> we are one of the great uh, movie podcasts. We can't remember <laughs> yeah. actor names. It's it's great. And uh, whenever we do Italian films, it's hilarious listening to you do that. Uh, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Keanu Reeves. He'll he'll be the, like the the dean of your. Yeah. Actors. No. No. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. No. I'm gonna hire Keanu Reeves. I'm gonna like give him the chance, uh, the opportunity to do something with his life. <laughs> yeah, that loser. That, guy that loser. Is, yeah. uh, that fucker who like totally sunk his career in Dracula. Like, who's like no one would the one? Him. Who's like the one big name Hollywood actor that kind of everybody loves because it turns out everybody who interacts with him kind of knows he's like a really decent human being. Yeah, which is the like that's literally nobody else. Nobody else has that experience. But Keanu Reeves is great. So you know, yeah, yeah. We should but do some more on. Keanu Reeves movies. That's that's kind of where I'm landing on yeah. this. Jeff Williams, give us suggestions for Keanu Reeves movies. Well, I mean, it gets better after Johnny Mnemonic. I mean, we kind of hit bottom. Oh yeah, we did wrong. hit that one. Yeah. Well, there's a new Bill and Ted movie coming out. Maybe we need to do this, the, the Bill and Ted movies at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. We should, move, we should move on. This whole opening yeah. fucking segment's been a fucking train wreck. It's 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 almost as if we have to talk about a movie of which we have not much to say. Yeah, and, so, uh, and also that we, you know, we've just been stumbling over shit because we were already recording a podcast and drinking. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, yeah, that that surely is not something that happens to us on a regular basis. No, not at all. So yeah, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna play some music from Pinball Summer or Pickup Summer, depending on what you prefer. And we'll play a podcast promo or two, maybe, and then we'll be right back. Broadcasting from the Cursed Earth, the Psycho-Semanticast. Let us face, without panic, the reality of our time. The fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities. And let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who 
sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. The neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate greaseballs. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew them. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. Godly warlock. Fire's motel. It's where you go, but never tell. It may be seedy, but it's cash and carry. And no one signs the
Pinball Summer, also known as Pickup Summer from 1980. Now, some kids like good, clean fun. I know. And some kids don't like good, clean fun. Oh. Excuse me. Some kids like to mess around. Hold it. Everybody else. And some kids like to fool around. Oh. What the hell's going on? I beg your pardon. Care for a toke? Oh. And that's what Pinball Summer is really all about. Things like making trouble. And making out. I guess I haven't changed my socks in a couple of days. Getting high. You're lighting it the wrong way, Frankie. And riding high. You turned my bike! It doesn't even know how to swim! you wish that summer would last forever. Pinball Summer. AKA Flipper Girls, which uh, Flipper Girls? It's yeah, called which... Flipper Girls. Is in... that the is that is that the name it's given in Japan? That's the West Germany uh, the title, West... I believe. <laughs> It was 1980, right? There was a West and East Germany. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also known as Pinball Pickup, which I believe was like the scan one of the Scandinavian titles for it as well. Which just kind of comes down to yeah, Pinball Summer, Pickup Summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have called it Summer Summer, and they thought no, that's stupid. Pinball Pickup. That's the clue what we should call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was made in Canada, released in 1980. It was re-released in the U.S. in 1983 under the Pickup Summer title right and, um, after after the pinball craze it kind of ended right. when people had moved on to the much more enduring legacy of pac-man <laughs> i i always assume the pickup summer title was like in reference to hitchhiking but i like at that point hitchhiking wasn't a thing people did in the usa anymore unless they wanted to be murdered yeah the the, the late 70s were a uh, high point for uh, serial murder of um, hitchhikers which yes. oh, is totally something when we do transition into being a true crime podcast that's going to be the uh, angle we take you know like <laughs> we go where the audience is and it's it's true crime it's totally true crime yeah by the time we get to true crime true crime will be dead everyone will be like i don't even know what the fuck we're talking <laughs> we're about. gonna start a true crime podcast and it's gonna turn out everybody really wants to do let's do like uh you know really nerdy alcohol infused uh examinations of uh <laughs> old movies from the 70s and 80s 
and yeah. we will have like been left behind on that. <laughs> like, oh no, that's old news. Like those guys, who cares? <laughs> like NPR uh, is going to produce like you know like a a seven part series on perfect timing, and uh, it's going to yeah. be amazing. And uh, we will get no credit for it. That's that's uh, that's our future. Papushka is going to get like interviewed and shit, and it's like. <laughs> Yeah. And she will hate every second of it. I, I promise. Yeah, but probably, anyway, yeah. We should. We should. We should move on from this. <laughs> uh, directed by George uh, Mihalka, who went on to do the much more famous My Bloody Valentine, which is one of the classic uh, slasher films out of Canada. Written by Richard Zelnicker, who did basically nothing. Uh, although a lot of people in this cast actually ended up having careers afterwards. It's it's sort of the, like a common theme with hey. If it's a Canadian production, they've probably been in every other Canadian movie like thirty years down the road from this kind of thing for the most part. So I kind of feel like like there are a lot of like Canadian actors who mm-hmm. end up doing like a ton of like TV. So like the yeah. handful of series that get shot in uh, Canada, it's one of those things that um, I listened to a, a podcast about uh, movies from the Hallmark Network. Uh, oh yeah, Hallmark Network, and a bunch of those are shot in Canada. Like they're basically like uh, three week productions. They're shot in yeah. Canada, and uh, you know <laughs> that podcast gets way more listeners than we do. And so, like, you can just DM me if you want to know what it is. It's it's a great <laughs> podcast. It's usually entertaining, but I'm not going to name it intentionally because, like, uh, why bother? Yeah, fuck <laughs> them guys. They're they're our competition. Fuck them. They're our competition. Yeah, they they do actually funny jokes, but uh, they often <laughs> like talk about like, yeah, no, I recognize that guy from like Primeval or Stargate SG One or like whatever. Yeah. Because you know, uh, I mean, I mean that's anyway. that's the situation I run into all the time. Like seeing these people, like. We have uh, Michael Zelnicker as Greg. I assume he's probably related to Richard Zelnicker, but <laughs> it just seems a little too much of a coincidence there. Zelnicker is a really common name, Lee. I, th- I feel like you're being just slightly, um, slightly insensitive to the yeah. Zelnicker. Like, am I uh, am I hating on all the Jewish community right now? Is that what I'm doing? Um, I'm not gonna say you're a vicious anti-Semite, but you know, like. Should I put some brackets around this guy's last name? Is that what we should really just cut all of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! This, this is, is literally based. We should just cut all of that. <laughs> you know, it's fine. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Carl Moet as Steve. Karen Steven as Donna, and we have a return here. Alin Ud, uh, who is from uh, One Night Only, as mm. Susie. And uh, Thomas Kovacs is Bert, Joey McNamara is Wimpy, and the awesome Joy Bouchelle is Sally, who went on to have a nice little, this is her debut, she went on to have a nice little 10-year career of doing some horror and exploitation stuff and some TV in Canada, and retired. And I actually looked her up on Facebook, and she seems really happy. So... uh... That's awesome. I I, I do love that. I do love love it when you find, like, hey, you had a career, you're a really decent human being... Uh, you're off. You're selling real estate. Real estate is ultimately a scam built on like capitalist exploitation. But like you're doing the thing, and so yeah, yeah. She's she not nice even life. in real estate. She's in. Sorry, uh, I, I wasn't saying she was in real estate, but you know, you find that yeah. a lot. You know, she's like, in like uh, production, graphic design, and like uh, some sort of. I don't even know what the industry is, but she's apparently doing really well because she's always taking trips like Rome and shit. So there you go. Well, so she did fine for herself. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we have a little synopsis here from Echo Bridge Home Entertainment. 
<laughs> from IMDb. Oh, God. This is going to be great. Okay. Uh, do kids today think of anything but cruising around, playing games, and making out? Not the kids from this suburban town who decide to live it up when school lets out. Chief cruisers are Greg and his buddy Steve. Their targets? Two bouncy, fun-loving sisters, Donna and Susie. Their hangouts? OJ's drive-in, where the gang meets to eat and Pete's Arcade. A cast of colorful characters include Bert and his gang of punk bikers, Wimpy Pete's inept fix-it man, Sally, an appetizing waitress. How far she goes, nobody knows. The town flasher who risks catching pneumonia every chance he gets, and two cops who spend all their time keeping up with the local loonies. Anything and everything goes. Sure. It has about as much plot summary as there is plot in the film, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't really mention pinball, which is kind of the weird Yeah, that's thing. the weird thing. I, yeah, I, assume, no. I assume this is like uh, Echo Bridge Home Entertainment presents... Pickups. Like it feels. It feels like uh, you know somebody uh, like kind of doing like a like a DVD release or like pretending to do a DVD release or whatever. And uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I assume this is under the Pickup Summer uh, title. Like e- even if you watch the trailer for Pickup Summer, the theme song Pinball Summer, you just hear the music. You don't hear the lyrics where it says Pinball Summer. There's like two different trailers, and you can. That's how much fucking time i spent trying to research this shit yeah. <laughs> all right so uh daniel i i definitely know this is the first time you've seen this film <laughs> yeah no yeah. so Watched uh, it this afternoon yeah so uh what are your sort of initial thoughts on this one i i feel like this uh you know would fit uh pretty well as a, a companion piece to joysticks a film that we did mm-hmm. uh like last year uh <laughs> you know in the sense of it uh, kind of goes along with a um, cultural fad. In this case, it's pinball and joysticks is obviously sort of arcade video games. It's a little bit less silly than that one. It's a lot more kind of about people who are actually 25 pretending they're 17, <laughs> you know, hanging out. It's very much a hangout movie. Yep. Uh, it's very much a, you know, like, like it's, it's pleasant. <laughs> it's worth uh, mm-hmm. sort of experiencing on that level. It's as deep as a feather, uh, or so, pardon me, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, that's a, it's as heavy it's a as bad a metaphor. Yeah, it's the heaviest, but like, there's no depth to this at all. There's no, like, you know, a lot of the films that we cover on this podcast, I kind of watch, we talk about, and then like, I forget until the episode comes out and I re-listen mm-hmm. and go like, oh yeah, like that happened in that movie. <laughs> um, I'm literally like, I watched this this afternoon and I'm kind of on the what happened in this movie again? Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's got some pinball stuff. It's got uh, some uh, tough guys who look like they are kind of taken out of uh, sort of late 60s biker flicks. Um, yeah, or the Beach Party movies, like with Eric yeah, Von Zipper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it feels very much like it's sort of like ripping that off, although it's, you know, 15 years later and kind of, uh, you know. It I mean, does the uh, thing. I don't know. Like, joysticks it's... had the same thing, right? Well, joysticks. Joysticks was having fun with that idea, right? Yeah. Like, you know, joysticks was like, oh yeah, we're gonna have like the biker gang and they're gonna ride tricycles around, and oh. you know, like it was, it was kind of parroting the idea. Whereas this is kind of doing it a little bit more straight. I do kind of like the idea of like shooting like a beach party movie in Montreal or wherever, where it's yeah, like, yeah, there's Montreal. water, but it uh, 
definitely does not look like Southern California. <laughs> and uh, the fact that it just kind of looks like sort of a depressing environment just kind of uh, gives me that. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like the idea of like, you know, we're going to do a beach movie and we're going to set it at the shittiest beach we can find. I don't know. <laughs> like, it just kind of amuses me. Like, aesthetically, I legitimately kind of like, you know, because like so many of our lives just kind of exist in that. Oh, yeah, we go to the beach. The beach is, you know, a, a lake that uh, nobody really cares about uh, outside of our tri-county area. But it's, you know, we have to have dominance on that beach or whatever. I do kind of uh, adore that, although it seems to be completely unintentional by the film. I don't know. You know, there's some pinball footage uh, at the beginning and the end. And in the middle, it's like kind of a bunch of like meaningless plot details. A lot of people uh, fighting over a trophy that nobody actually seems to care about. But uh, it is. Yeah. No, that's kind of all I have to say about the movie. So, yeah. Uh, so this is really a, a raunchier version of those Crown International sort of formula pictures. I mean, it, mm. it's very much, it feels like a cross between like Malibu Beach and Van Nuys Boulevard to me. Like it very, because yeah. you, you got the two male leads and they're, they're dating <laughs> but, the two. But, but not as good as either of them. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like you said, joysticks is definitely a sort of co- comparison here. And I'd even say, like, recruits, because of the raunchiness, it, it kind of fits into the sort of mm-hmm. recruits, whereas we don't have story or characters. There's not much. There's not much of that in this. Like, I don't, no, I don't... We just have a lot of tits and, and asses. But not even, like, it didn't strike me as, like, being, like, really that even tit-heavy. I don't know. Like, it, it you know, well, there this... are tits in it, but not that many, you know? Well, like... uh, honestly, I'd say this movie is very much fetishizing asses more than anything else. Oh. Yeah, true enough. Oh well, there's some have, there's some nice ass shots. I'll give you. You, you have you my have apologies. Like... My apologies, sir. <laughs> well, there are very many women in short shorts bending over things for no reason. That would... get you know. You're right. You are you are correct, sir. I would say I almost... will take it back. This is a masterpiece on the order of Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, know? definitely. It's it's the ass film for uh, for for the ages. No, but yeah, a lot of short shorts, a lot of great-looking female asses. But then you have bare male asses, too, so there's almost like a comparable ratio Yeah, a lot of dudes, like, mooning uh, other Mm -hmm. dudes. (laughs) There's a lot of dudes wrestling other dudes in some scenes. There there is a part of it that wants to, like, put together a homoerotic reading of this film, and there's another part... Oh, I was. Like, uh, well... Please express 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 the homoeroticism. Our two will. our two male leads, uh, they're at the very least bisexual, because they are throughout the entire film. These two guys are very close to each other. They're touching each other constantly. They're centimeters away from each other half the time, like talking to each other, like they're right in each other's faces. Mm-hmm. Have to talk, talk. These two dudes are once they get into college, they're fucking each other like that. That's, I, that's all I, and and they have the kind of like that that kind of Jufro hair, you know, and yeah. I kind of think they're they're a little bit on that wham level, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of looking at. So yeah, no, I I could get kind of get that. I mean, I just kind of took it as like uh, you know. <laughs> you're right it is it is it is pretty homoerotic although it's a never explicit in the text yeah no i'm sorry i'm just thinking about that i'm just i just kind of watching i'm like yeah these are just two dude bros who are just kind of way too into each other in the sense of uh you know they love each wanted other. Wanted to kind of beat each other. But you're right. Yeah. Like, I could totally see them being in a relationship down the line. Yeah. They don't really care about their girlfriends. Like, they no. seem perfectly fine, kind of like shitting on their girlfriends and uh, not really caring about their needs. And, uh, 
pursuit of um, each other's approval. So, yeah, you're right. There's a totally homo homoerotic reading of this that I completely missed. This is uh, this is where um, Lee, I, I admit, you're the better um, reviewer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Jeff Williams. Here's the uh, here's the fucking social uh, political fucking reading that you were expecting from Daniel this time. Yeah, I was just completely on the like uh, bully kind of nerd thing, you know, and kind of kind of reading it through that lens, and I completely missed uh, the uh, really obvious uh, homoeroticism. Yeah, because these these two are rivals with the uh, leader of the biker gang, and when you think about it, the leader of the biker gang, he doesn't care that he has Sally, who is throwing herself at him constantly as his girlfriend Joy Bouchelle. She amazing yes yeah and she wants to fuck him all the time and he's like eh sometime later it's like what are you doing you you would rather compete with these two guys for this stupid trophy than just i'm i'm ditching this movie it's ultimately it's ultimately toxic masculinity personified right like he has to have the symbol (laughs) to prove that he's uh you know more masculine that he has like bested these uh these other two men in ritualized combat as opposed to like oh and then there's a pretty girl in short shorts who, like, everybody else wants to get with who is throwing herself at you. And you're like, no, 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 hold on. I've got to, I've got to, like, prove my bone. No, 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 you're just fine. Just go sleep with the girl. It's, it's so <laughs> bad that, it's so bad that Sally is always flirting with everybody else because she's not getting enough from her boyfriend. Well, you know. That's what's happening in this movie. And... I like to think that that guy is actually really bad in bed, though. Like, so. Uh, he probably you know. is because she's, like, she's passed out and I didn't get the impression. Like, there's one scene where you see them two in bed and she's passed out. And I get, I get the impression that he didn't fuck her out. She just, this is boring. I'm falling asleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she's dead asleep and she doesn't look like she's disheveled or she had a good time in bed. She's just like, eh, I'm sleeping. He's a, he's a two pump chump is, is kind of where I'm lying on. That <laughs> yeah, yet. I think so. Yeah. Fucking our heroes in this put the homosexual eroticism thing aside for a moment. They're terrible people. They're like incredibly <laughs> terrible people. They're. I literally just banged into my microphone in case that came. <laughs> you know, I was nodding. I've got the microphone just slightly. I'm gonna move it slightly away from my face. I literally <laughs> just was like, I I moved my head forward and suddenly like banged into my microphone because okay. I'm a professional. This is that kind of show. I think it's fine. Yeah, but no, they're they're fucking terrible to everybody. They're bullies. Like they're fucking bullies. They're they're not people you can root for. And the fucking well, they have like what's the source of the like? I kind of missed the detail. Like, where did the trophy come from to begin with? It came from the the pinball arcade. Here's the trophy. It's in the Uh pinball arcade. And if you enter into a competition, so so you you get it for winning at at pinball. Is that the okay? And so suddenly, like the tough guys just steal it for bragging points or whatever. Yeah. And then suddenly it becomes like a thing where we spend like 35 minutes in the middle of the film where it just kind of tr- goes back and forth a couple of times where they're just kind of fighting about who gets to own the the trophy. Yeah, and it's it's so weird. At times it seems like it's super something they're focused on, and but by the time you get to the end of the film, they're like, I don't care anymore. It's just like they throw it away. It, it means nothing. It's just a bragging rights thing. Well, and you could read this, you could read this definitely as sort of like, you know, we have these like baubles, 
We have these things that like sort of mm-hmm. signal our social status that matter to us deeply for, you know, two weeks during this kind of pinball summer of 1979 or whatever. And then like ultimately kind of like mean nothing uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but this film doesn't do that at all. I mean, you know, people thought, oh, yeah, maybe you're over intellectualizing, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the film from last week. Um but I think that film actually kind of was trying to say something. I don't think this film was trying to say anything at all, except for um, like pinball is a fad and we want people to you know, come see our movie. That's the weird thing. It's, yeah. They're just, again, they're just kind of like throwing stuff into this to see what works. The re-release of this in 1983 in the U S must've been like puzzling the people because pinballs weren't big in 1983 anymore. Really. They were moving yeah, to I mean, like video game arcades at that like point. Mid seventies is kind of the peak of that. I mean, with like Tommy, right in nineteen seventy five, you know, and then like uh, even in nineteen eighty, it was kind of it was still popular, but it wasn't you know like a thing. And but then by eighty three, it was totally everybody was doing the arcade instead, and the the arcade games. Like, you know, I actually do admire like some of the stuff in the film about the pinball games, about like kind of like watching the. You know, there's like nice footage of kind of how the pinball machines work and, you know, kind of like yeah. people competing against them and that sort of thing. Like there's some good stuff there. You know, that's fairly entertaining. And if the film kind of delved into that a little bit more, I was kind of like thinking we should do the uh, the uh, the Donkey Kong uh, documentary. King of, King, oh, of, uh, King, King of Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you should do that documentary at some point. I think that Spe- would be a fun one. You know? Especially since once his name got fucking exposed as being a total fraud. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah, like I was literally watching this film and thinking, like, there are better films. We should be doing those instead. <laughs> I, I'm really always su- a good sign. Always a yeah. good sign. I'm really surprised that this movie just didn't go hardcore into like getting every possible shot they could of girls jiggling over a pinball machine. There's very little of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, not even like bending over. Like, like it feels funny. Like, look, you know, let's. <sighs> We're a couple of middle-aged white dudes who were talking about, like, 17-year-olds in short shorts here. So, <laughs> like, there's something that's kind of le- legitimately creepy about, like, us talking about it at all. And so I'm not trying to, like, push a particular agenda in terms of what this should be. But if you're going to make a film that's sort of about pretty girls in pinball... It's kind of an obvious thing to like film a bunch of shots of like like pretty girls bending over a pinball machine. Fuck it, it feels Dan. like a I'm, really obvious choice. I'm right? putting my yeah. I'm putting my fucking fist down here. Fucking, I demand that if you're gonna make a movie about fucking pinball machines, you have to have topless women jiggling over the pinball machines as they play pinball. That has to happen. Or even just like like I kind of really like legitimately love the short shorts and like. Yeah. It's baseball top like the you know that particular like early 80s t-shirt with no bra like i you know that's a legitimate <laughs> oh my god like, there's so many like there's so much of that in this film. there's so much of that in this film and it's the best thing about the film it's the best thing about the films <laughs> made like this in that era um it's glorious glorious stuff um you know and I, now that i'm saying it, i kind of want to go into pornhub and see if i could like find you know like there's got to be some like you know mini vids like subcategory or something where like i could buy a bunch of clips of people doing this if it uh, yeah. if it pleased me um 
<laughs> Which I'm not actually going to do because like but it does seem like if you're gonna make this film, there should be like that sort of stuff in the film. And there's very little of that kind of here. I mean there is it strikes me as like, you know, if you're gonna be like the lascivious, you know, like sex comedy, uh, give us the goods. I don't know, it just it feels a little kind of mushy feel... on it. Yeah. I feel really bad that I'm more sleazy than the producers of these films. Come on now. You got to get some of these girls. You got to get them topless over the fucking pinball machines. I want a 10-minute sequence of five naked girls just doing these pinball machines. I mean, that should have been that should have been the final contest. It should have been like they have a beauty pageant. Yeah, they have a beauty pageant. I don't even remember the beauty so it's pageant. It's like honestly. why? Like why? Like, why not have like five topless women play pinball and they win whatever? Or like wet t-shirt contest yeah. or something like you know like you and I should go back in time to 1979 in Montreal and make this film and make it I would, good. I would be a better sleazy pre Weinstein <laughs> producer of this shit. And oh my god, it just makes me sound so bad. This but... is not. This is not a conversation we should be having in public. <laughs> Uh, but fucking, I mean, we should we, cut this whole episode. We're done. No, <laughs> so no, this is it's all staying. It's all staying. All if right. this is if this if this ruins us, then so so be it. <laughs> <laughs> so we learn in this film that just like we know today in in real life, in the modern context of video games, are the cause of all violence in the world. Pinball yep. machines are the cause of all violence back in 1980. Because sure, like thugs who play like video play play pinball games mm-hmm. and uh, harass like uh, little old ladies yeah and it just expires it just inspires violence that's that's all that yeah. happens um i love and, how uh, you know the the terrible thing is like uh like dude putting coins on strings into the yeah. pinball machine so then, and then pulling them out so they can play the pinball I, machine you know i don't think that would actually work <laughs> i think they're designed that they don't work that way well, it, well i was just you know i've read a lot of the like kind of hacking literature and stuff from mm-hmm. like the late 70s and early 80s and little uh teenage hackers kind of got into uh doing this stuff through like just wanting to make long distance phone calls yeah or, like one hack pinball machines and that sort of thing so like that makes sense but it doesn't make sense that it's the the big tough guy in the leather jacket who's like i've learned how to like uh you know figure out the exact weighted thing that i play this <laughs> all day like no it's a it's some point dexter and like a, a shirt that looks like a tablecloth like that's the that's mm-hmm. the guy who's doing that you know um so let's talk briefly about the uh, character of Wimpy, who is the uh, <laughs> sure, who's the uh, who's the most man. interesting character. Clearly, mm-hmm. you know. yeah, he's he's the fix-it man guy. He's he's supposed to be portrayed as the uh, you know the fat slob guy, although he's not really fat. He's just you know he's well. They they portray him as like oh he eats four cheeseburgers and two hot dogs mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, for for lunch, but you know he's. He's scarier than I am. Uh, yeah, you know. it, everybody else in this film compared to him is a fucking skeleton anyway. So it's like, right. yeah. But so he might be sympathetic in some regards here because he, he's the guy who's like bullied by both sides and he's sort of played by both sides because he's got right. the knowledge well, of how to rig the, the game. If we did want to get a little like sociopolitical here, he kind of represents the oppressed technical class who uh, has like no social standing mm-hmm. who uh, is uh, you know kind of courted by the uh, the popular kids by the by the bullies um, mm-hmm. as a way of uh, 
<laughs> as a he, he's courted by them uh, in opposition to a sort of more freewheeling bohemian, uh, you know, kind of kind of underclass, you know. Yeah. So you know, uh, we could read it that way. He's the Jar Jar Binks in like, uh, <laughs> the Sith, although less racist. Yeah. Although a less racist caricature, which yeah. uh, you know, but uh, isn't saying yeah. much. But I, I would feel sympathetic for this guy. But as the movie goes on, you kind of learn that he's just maybe like two rejections away from wearing a fedora and saying "milady" every other sentence. You oh know? no, no! <laughs> like every every dude in this film is kind of a terrible human being. <laughs> he's definitely that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love how the uh, pinball machine and one of the pinball machines in this apparently is sentient and it talks to people. Like it comes alive and <laughs> yeah. starts talking to people. And at first you think it's like the one guy who's just sort of hearing it from his, uh, like he's just hallucinating. Mm-hmm. But then the girl next to him is also hearing it. And so, yeah, it's just sort of like a sentient pinball machine. And then when we get to the like the final chase scene, uh, Joy Bichelle's character is sitting on it. And here's it here again. It comes to my creepy '80s producer thoughts. Why didn't you make the fucking video game machine a vibrator? And why didn't she get off on it? Because it starts talking like, to her. Pinball machine is Sibian. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Like ultimately, we need to uh, like contact uh, Kink.com and uh, make the uh, feature length version of this with uh, like full BDSM. That's that's where I land on yeah, this. Yeah, because this movie isn't just isn't smutty enough. Like, let's face it. No, it's clearly not. Clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> because if I was producing this movie, if I was some fucking Crown International style producer who was making this sex comedy, is oh, uh, the pinball machine could talk? That's great. <laughs> uh, can it vibrate on its own? Sure, why not? All right, let's get the, let's get uh, 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 Joy there. Yeah, that uh, the the redhead with the with the big bazooms. Let's get her on that. Let's make it vibrate. Let's let's have her have an orgasm. Come on now, guys. Any any conversation that has the word bazooms in it is a good conversation. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just looking at the missed opportunities in this. Film. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, like missed opportunity is one of those things that uh, you always feel like it's one of the most frustrating things of like, well, you had it right there, and then you chose not to do it for whatever reason. And uh, you know, part of that is budgetary, part of that is taste, and part of it is not wanting to get involved with the mob who like controlled the porn industry right. at this time. I'm sure. Right. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I will. I will. I will completely forget this film by the time this episode comes out. Like I have no like uh, functioning memory of it, and uh, you know, it's not even like uh, this was. You know, I say this fairly regularly on this podcast. This was uh, pretty painless to watch. Like it was a fine like watch, um, but I have no memory of it, and so uh, that's kind of where I land on it. Like it's perfectly yeah. fine. Go check it out. Um, the one thing I'm sad about is that there's no like kind of legal streaming thing. Um, it is on YouTube. It is on yeah. DVD. Uh, you're gonna talk talk about this briefly, uh, you know. But um, you know, I really wish there was a legal way to stream this because I think uh, you know, I basically think everything should be like available for yeah. like a dollar fifty rental at this point, you know. But um, yeah, that's where I land. Yeah, the movie does give you at least at the very least strip pinball. Uh, it gives you wet t-shirt car wash scene. It does. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, the strip pinball gives you uh, more Joy Bouchel, uh, all all you want to see basically for the most part, which is awesome. She's absolutely lovely. She's quite a good actress as she well. She is just yeah. to, you know, can't you really buy her in the in the role? I mean, it seems silly to kind of point that out, but she is quite good. 
What do you think of the uh, rich dude character? Because this this goes back to oh, God. Our, our two our, our two leads bullying people. Like they bully this guy for no no reason. Like yeah, he's he's a rich doofus. Okay, I, I get it. He's inept. He's a doofus. He's a rich guy, but they he didn't do anything to these guys. Well, here's they fuck with him so relentlessly. Do you want to go slightly like weird and deep on this, or do you want to just kind of like go, let it go, go? Go ahead, throw it in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, did you ever watch The Office? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, the U.S. version of The Office it has, uh, you know, um, Jim Halpert, mm-hmm. who is uh, John Krasinski, and then uh, Dwight Schrute, uh, who is Rain Wilson, <laughs> and they, and uh, Jim is constantly playing pranks on Dwight, and in the mm-hmm. U.K. version. There are pranks, but ultimately the show doesn't really last that long, and so you don't really like have to kind of deal with the consequences of that, or sort of the, you know, it's just kind of like a funny thing. And mm-hmm. at first in the U.S. version, you kind of get that same sense. And I am going somewhere with this, right? Dwight Schrute, as written in the show, is uh, like this absolutely terrible, like fascist, like violent <laughs> character, um, which they've just kind of taken all the like they've just rubbed all the like rough edges off. And so he's just this kind of like weird guy who lives on a beet farm and is obsessed with weapons and fighting and <laughs> cops, and et cetera, you know, and uh, this is something that Greg Daniels properties uh, like uh, you know he he uh, like created like a uh, Dale Gribble. And uh, Ron Swanson as well, you know, so, (laughs) you know, it does kind of give you the sense of uh, like, you know, uh, this is something that I've been uh, thinking about a lot. I actually really do like all three of those series, King of the Hill, uh, The Office and uh, Parks and Recreation. Anyway, and the reason I say that is that at a certain point, the show does uh, sort of question Jim's like kind of like continuing uh, pranking of this guy we don't see him as like oh he's basically a nazi even though like he's not like they, they just sort of he's annoying and so we prank him and it's funny to the audience and we can but also in character this is like a really disgustingly nasty thing to do and the the show does like address that at some point although it never really addresses it in kind of a coherent way yeah. i kind of treat that in the same way here like where these are like rich assholes who are like kind of coming in and like, well, they don't really necessarily do anything against these guys. It's pretty clear that these are intended to be kind of the, you know, the kind of capitalist exploiter class, you know, yeah. et cetera. And then ultimately we see our leads who are just kind of bullies, uh, like uh, bullying them and kind of making fun, kind of doing the, the thing that they do. Um, and so while, uh, Maybe on a surface level, our rich, uh, rich assholes are not necessarily doing anything specifically against them. Um, it's just kind of coded in that way. It reminded me a little bit of like the Caddyshack kind of context. Yeah. And I feel like that's a thing that we've just kind of lost from films at this point, you know, and, and mm-hmm. like our culture just doesn't do that anymore. And I think that that does kind of, I mean, from a broader kind of sociopolitical angle, it's you know, neoliberalism has kind of taken over our, our media and everything, and we just kind of, we lack a class consciousness. And we kind of treat, like, slobs versus snobs as sort of a, like, a, like a generic kind of jokey thing that right. kind of only exists in movies uh, of this era. But uh, it was uh, kind of responding to a very real dynamic in, in a crude and vulgar way. But, um, yeah, so you asked, and so I answered. No, it's good seeing them stuff all that food up their tailpipe in their car that was i am i am almost certain i have seen this film before because i believe i have seen that 
when I was a kid, I saw that scene. I think like it's I so I have gross. vivid memories of that scene, although I have like no memory of the overall film. But then again, even now I have no real memory of the overall <laughs> film. So like I could have seen it like twenty times and just like forgotten it every time. Like you know, yeah, just passes over. Now I'm pretty sure I saw this when I was like thirteen years old and like up all night or something, and uh, you know, just kind of forgot it but yeah i do remember that scene i do remember like the stuffing of like ever more like complicated ingredients they into stuff like a full pizza into it at some point yeah. i mean and can you imagine you know like having to pull that shit out like the next day <laughs> it's, it just gets weird and yeah, yeah uh just just fun visuals we have a flasher who He's wearing garters to hold up his fake pant legs, which is just kind of funny. But yeah, where I land on this is it's kind of fun. Like, if if you're looking for TNA, there's plenty of very nice TNA in this. The movie itself doesn't know how to end. So it's like they got to a point where it's like, we can't can't side with either side because they're just terrible people. And the movie doesn't realize that the real resolution here is that the uh, three female leads... The two girlfriends and Joy Bouchelle should just leave town and pursue like a lesbian affair or something. They should. They should have a like a lesbian polyamorous relationship. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. instead, it's, it's and dead. then we get a sequel, which is them hanging out and playing pinball and um, bouncing off, the eating each other out. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. But uh, no, this movie ends for no reason. It ends in a wacky chase sequence because there's literally like a cutoff point where it's like. <laughs> Because the van already existed, and so that's what they. Yeah, it does feel. It does feel a little bit like we're just ripping this off of better movies, you know. To a oh no, way. it's it's totally like the uh, the Crown International formula, where it's last twenty minutes we have to shoehorn a plot and a resolution in there, and that's what they do. Although they well, and but the you know, and we've kind of shit on this film, and it's worth shitting on. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. recommend that people watch it, but at the same time. You know, the pleasures of the film are just kind of that endless summer kind of aspect of the like that middle 45 minutes where it's just kind of like people kind of goofing off and playing pranks on each other and kind of doing the thing. And it does kind of feel like, yeah, I was 17 and there was a summer and like uh, we all just kind of hung out and we did some shitty things. But ultimately, you know, like it makes sense on that level. But, yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, So uh, Quentin Tarantino actually revived this at the new beverly in 2007 apparently he likes this film quite a bit so there you go i i actually believe that especially in 2007 which is around the time he was doing um death proof yeah yeah so you can kind of see like yeah like that's kind of what is where his head was at that point yeah no i get that uh budget for this was uh, estimated nine hundred thousand dollars there's no box office for this uh, apparently it didn't do it that made well. four dollars it's fine yeah it, it, i think it did like moderately okay in canada and then when they released re-released it in the u.s it was like eh. dvd info 2002 dvd from platinum disc corporation under the pickup summer title which was sort of trying to seemingly sell this as like a skinamax softcore title at the time uh even yeah. like even even the cover art is like just totally devoid from uh, what the film actually is, and if you look at the cover art for the VHS, yeah, they, of this... they sell it. They sell it as like being like the cheerleaders or something, which it yeah, isn't. yeah. And uh, so, the, yeah, there you go. Uh, 
So what are we doing next time, Daniel? We have one more week for uh, sex comedy stuff, and I threw it to you to like basically just pick. Well, uh, you know, I had <laughs> in DMs we had uh, kind of talked about like, oh, uh, what do we want to do? And I was like, oh yeah, it would be really like fun to do some like Jet Apatow stuff. And I had like thrown out like let's do a month and do like four titles. But ultimately, the only one that I really want to do, let's do Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Let's do oh, yeah. that one, which is a legitimately great film, which I've seen many, many times, and uh, is a lot of fun. And I think we will enjoy talking about it. And I have awesome. kind of a history with. So um, yeah, let's do that one next week and kind of round out this series. I would watch Mila Kunis being awesome any day. So yeah, let's let's do that. Well, Mila Kunis and and Kristen Bell, mm. you know, and uh, you know, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Let's do that one for next week and just like be done with it. All right, cool. Uh, so where can people find you on their webs? <laughs> Sorry, I I do the joke. Well, people shouldn't find me on the interwebs. I, I've done that. We've done 174 of these, and I've probably made that joke like uh, you know 50 times at this point. Yeah. But I assume nobody listens to this. It's fine. Um, you can find me on the internet. I'm on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper. I try to respond to DMs, but I don't always because uh, I get a lot of DMs because I do a podcast about Nazis and uh, Nazi shit. And uh, it's called I Don't Speak German. It's I Don't Speak German. It's a uh, a thing that I'm passionate about is punching Nazis on the internet. So go check that out if you haven't. Although I can't imagine anybody listening to this doesn't know about that podcast at this point. And um, yeah, that's where that's where you can find me on the internet. Yeah, and you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find our Apple podcast, YouTube, and Facebook links. Join the Facebook group. Best way to get in contact with us, recommend films, and you know, tell us if we're crap or awesome. That way we'll see it. Just so you know, like if you comment on our Facebook group as opposed to our uh, YouTube versions of this podcast, you're probably going to sound at least 53% more intelligent at the very least. 12% more intelligent. 12%. That's a joke for another podcast, Daniel. (laughs) Crossing the streams at this point. That's just terrible. I assume everyone uh, who listens to this listens to everything that we ever do because they get the inside jokes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, until then, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Daniel, and we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Cheers.
You have been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. <laughs>